Welcome to the Vineyard Church Weekly Message Podcast. We hope you will be encouraged and challenged today as you listen to a message from one of our speakers. Prepare your heart and get ready to receive a word from God today. We're going to be in Matthew chapter 1, and uh, I'll begin with a personal story of when I was, I think I've settled in, I was probably 17 years old. Uh, My mom came to me. And she shared that my father was going to be admitted to the hospital. I said, for what? (laughs) Like, for what? And that opened the door to the reality that my dad had been uh, secretly uh, struggling with depression and anxiety for months. And basically, he he had broke. He had broken. And I remember it was a unique moment where... I, my dad just began to weep in front of me and apologize. He's like, Mark, I'm, you know, I'm so sorry. I just can't. I'm so sorry, and I just can't. And, he, and you know, he ended up in the hospital for some weeks. That moved me into a challenging season as a 17-year-old. Uh, I remember some of the challenges. First of all, just the reality that my dad had weaknesses. Because I didn't know that. I thought he was perfect. Or, you know, you, you think dad can get through anything. So that was a challenge. It was a challenge to my schedule. As a, as a senior in high school, I ended up making room for several weeks because I wanted to visit my father every day or two. That was a new thing, be going into a psychiatric hospital. And that was new. The other thing is after he was released from the hospital, we ended up, I don't think we officially called it this, but we were kind of on suicide watch. And so I remember adjusting my life to make sure that I would get off the bus before my sister would get off the bus because she's uh, six years younger, shoot, you know, like 11 or 12 years old. And I organized my life pretty strategically so that I would make sure if we were getting home, I would always be the first one in the house just to check to make sure that my dad was still alive and had not committed suicide. It was that kind of a, you know, because that would have been bad for my sister in that moment. So I don't share that story so that you feel sorry for me or anything that. I just share that to introduce a question. It'll come up on the screen. Have you ever been thrust into a difficult season? Yes, (laughs) I just answered for all of you. Yeah, right? Not maybe way harder than my difficult season or maybe not as hard, but it's part of life, baby, right? You get thrust into difficult seasons. Going to adjust the question a little bit. Have you ever been thrust into a difficult season by God? Huh. Well, you could argue that every difficult season, God's hand is in it. There's a Bible verse in the book of James chapter 1, and it says, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because it goes on to say that those are described as, those can be tests of your faith, and it can make you stronger. Um, But there are other experiences, moments, seasons, assignments that are more direct God brings this into your life, and it's going to likely be difficult. Examples. God comes to Noah and says, build a giant boat, enough to represent all the species. Did you know that it probably took Noah 50 years 
of his life to build that boat? Like, I wonder if Noah said, well, how big's my team? You know, surely there's a corporation, there's a boat. And God was like, nah, it's basically you. You know, that would be a, I just think that would be a difficult season. There's a story of a woman named Hannah. You may not know about Hannah. She's in the Old Testament. Ultimately, she gets to uh, give birth to a, a prophet named Samuel. But part of the season in her life, before that all happens, it describes this. It says, the Lord had closed Hannah's womb. The Lord had closed Hannah's womb. Well, that sounds like a hard assignment for God. Um, other examples. In the New Testament, there's a man named Saul. Most of the things we read about him, his name is Paul. It's the same guy. But when he gets an assignment from God, it's, it, it's this. This is when he first becomes a Christian. God describes it like this. This man is my chosen instrument to proclaim my name to the Gentiles. Yay! He gets to be the chosen instrument of God. You have to read the next sentence or so. I will show him, <coughs> I will show him how much he must suffer for my name. That's a hard assignment. Apparently. So that question we're going to try to address today in the talk is, how can we succeed at a hard assignment? So I want to pause for a moment. Got any hard assignments going on in your own life right now? Some things that come to my mind. It's like when your marriage is hard, but your assignment is to stay married. Or God's asking you to start a Bible study. And that seems difficult. Or you need to go to work even though your back hurts. Or for those of us over 50, everything hurts. <laughs> no, I guess that's not true, right? Some of you really related to that. Or for one of you, it's a student, like you're, you're in your third year of your degree program. And, and guys, you know God wants you to finish the degree. And you're like, I don't want to. Because you got that one professor who, like, won't give an A no matter what you do. And, or whatever, right? There's just this difficult seasons. Maybe you're uh, experiencing same-sex attraction. And you know, you know that's not God's will for your life. You talk about that would be a, that's a hard thing to try to navigate. But God's assignment would be you to be resist. Or maybe you're, you're you're heterosexual, but you got all these you know urges and all that. And God says, No, I want you to be pure until you're married. And you're like, Wait, 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 wait. That sounds way too hard. No, you guys, can we talk about this in church? But like, you know, you're not, you're a 19 year old, and you're horny. <laughs> and you're like, Wait a minute. I, what's, why, I said horny in church. Is that not funny? I know. See, now we're really being real. Here. Some people online, right, they just clicked off. I can't believe he said horny. But, right, you have this assignment from God, and actually maybe you're dating and you really like each other. It's hard. It's a hard assignment. So we're going to talk about how, how some principles that can help us get through those. So we're in this series called Believe. Our mission is to encourage us in our faith. Today we're going to explore 
uh, a story, a Christmas story about Joseph, and Joseph is going to get a hard assignment. His assignment is to be this, basically the stepfather of the Son of God. And uh, so if you need some background here, there's a lot of Christmas things going on. Angels are showing up, and wise men are around, and there's miraculous babies being born, and stars in the sky and stuff. And here's what it says. Matthew 1.18. This is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother, Mary, was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, here's the assignment, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. And verse 24 says, when Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. The title of the talk is Joseph, an angel encourages his faith. And I want to explore what the angel said to him that I think helped him navigate this difficult situation. So uh, I think these things will really apply to us either now if you're in a difficult situation or in the future because we're all going to face them. Let me pray. God, I especially pray for those people that are right in the middle of one now. That this would just be applicable and encouraging and all those things. And I pray that this talk, these ideas would help us all be ready for the next difficult assignment we face. In Jesus' name, amen. I've got two ideas from this uh, uh, directive from the angel to Joseph. And basically, it's this. The first one is this. Joseph succeeded at his assignment by overcoming the scary thoughts. Overcoming the scary thoughts. If you're on site, you can write that in. In verse 20, one of the first things that comes out of the angel's mouth, Joseph, son of David, and he says, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife. So implied there is Joseph must be scared. And just between us and anybody else, I get it. If you think about this, there are some legitimate reasons to be nervous about what the heck is going on here. Here's a few ideas that came to my mind. They'll come up on the screen. The first one is this. Your fiancé says, I'm pregnant and it's God's baby. How are you at least a little bit nervous, or apprehensive, or scared? One, either your fiancé is a liar... Because really, it's Jack's baby. It's not God's, it's Jack. You know, like, I'm supposed to believe? Or she's a lunatic. Like, she thinks God, right? 
So that's a little frightening to think I'm engaged to who? You? Who? All right, that's one thing. The next one is the idea of the assignment to be a stepdad. And I think that arguably being a stepfather, I've, I've never, never been a stepfather, but being a stepdad is, brings a little more compli- complication to the situation than like a biological father. So that would be a reason to go, I don't know if I can do the stepdad thing. It's not going to really be my, okay? The third one, which actually gets kind of comical in my brain, is the idea of what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. Now, we, because we can look back at history and go, oh, this is great. Because God, you know, and this is going to be the Savior world, all that stuff. But Joseph has no context for what does that mean? There's nobody else in history who has had a divine baby, a spirit impregnation baby thing in their wife. This is where my mind goes. I would be thinking as my wife's belly would be growing, I would be at least somewhat concerned about what in the world is this baby going to look like? Because it's, did you guys not get this? Like, wait, because the angel, and he doesn't diagram out all the details. says, no, it's going to be from the Holy Spirit. I am so glad. You may not feel this way. I am so glad. I This is why I think that God did this 2,000 years ago not now. Because Joseph had never seen some weird alien movie <laughs> about what happens when, right? No? Is that bad? But there would be legitimate reasons. I wonder if Joseph was not so glad when, when Jesus was born and looked like normal. Like, whoo, okay, that's really good. The idea here is this. Joseph's assignment had legitimate fears to face. Those are not insane fears. Those are just legitimate things to face. And I would submit to you, and we're going to dwell for a moment, so many of the assignments God gives us have legitimate fears, concerns, some bigger than others. But when God gives us the assignment to not just shack up with somebody, but get into a covenant relationship, a marriage for the rest of your life, it's easy to think, are my whole life? Well, what if that's a long time? And what if he's not so nice then? Or what if she, you know what I mean? It's easy to go, I don't know if I want to do the covenant thing for my whole life. Or he asks you to be generous or with others or with God to tithe. And you think, well, I don't know if I, what if I run out of money? I'm afraid I will run out. I might need that money. Witness to your neighbor. Share Christ with your neighbor. Bring up a God in a conversation. Well, that sounds scary. Stop and help a person who's changing their tire along the side of the road. Well, what if it's a trick? What if really the tire's not bad? And they're just trying to tempt me, you know, they're just trying to get me to stop so that they can put me in their trunk and take me to Montana. Because it happens. I saw it on Dateline or whatever. Right? It happened at one time. (laughs) There are legitimate fears. 
at times when God says, I need you to do this, there are things that we can be concerned about. I, uh, uh, a friend of mine, recently they were taking their, uh, I think, 13-year-old away for a special weekend. Uh, I, I think they were calling it a purity weekend, and they were going to go, and they were going to talk about all the important things and the hard things at times. Like, So he was going to go and be part of having a sex talk with his daughter and answer questions about boys and about dating. And ultimately, they were planning to give her a purity ring. And I remember, because like the next day, they were going to leave and go on this thing. And we were in some kind of a meeting. And he looked at me, and uh, my wife was with me, and he said, could, could, and I could tell he was, would you guys pray for me? He just had this, you know, he described, hey, they had a great plan. But by the way, before we leave tonight, will you pray for me? And I remember thinking, oh, yeah, you're scared. And uh, yeah, so we can pray. It was, God, it was God's will, but he was still nervous about getting it done. Another idea here, this will come up on the screen. It's not a fill in the blank, but most of God's will isn't hard to understand. It's just scary to do. If you want an example to study, in Acts chapter 9, God's asking a man to go pray for Saul, who's going to be used by God to help so many people become Christians. But at this point in history, Saul is blind because he has just been blinded by a light from heaven. And so the God, God says this to a man. He says to a man named Ananias, the Lord told him, go to the house of Judas on Straight Street and ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul, for he is praying. In a vision, he has seen a man named Ananias come and place his hands on him to restore his sight. Can I just tell you, that's a really clear picture of what Ananias is supposed to do, right? Look, go to this house, it's on Straight Street, ask for that guy by name. By the way, I've already told, he's already praying, he's already seen you, it's really easy. But the scary part is Saul was a persecutor of Christians, but it's not difficult to know what he's, Ananias is supposed to do, he just has to overcome his fear to do it. So here's the million dollar question, how do we get past fear? And I'm just going to give you one great way to get past it. And it's fear God more. Now that might be surprising to some of you, but fear God more. Probably only one thing worse for Joseph to do when an angel comes and says, be the stepdad of the Son of God. That's going to be hard. But you know what's going to be worse? To tell the angel no. Hey, God, I know this is what you want me to do. Ain't going to do it. That is not going to work out well for Joseph. The fear of God is a good thing. It's mentioned uh, hundreds of times in the Bible. Here's just a few times. First verse. Blessed are all who fear the Lord. You will eat the fruit of your labor. Blessings and prosperity will be yours. It's, it's important for us to fear the Lord. It's a great motivator. Next one. Oh, yeah, I'm reading Jeremiah in my own Bible time. Jeremiah was called by God to be a prophet in a difficult time. A lot of people are not going to listen to him. But it says, 
God says to this man, get yourself ready, stand up and say to them whatever I command you. And God says, do not be terrified by them or I will terrify you. Isn't that clear? Okay, Lord, guess you're serious. Oh, got a little side tangent. When God asks us to do something, did you know he was serious? Yeah, he's serious. So the next difficult thing that you face, or maybe you're in a difficult assignment now, here's the challenge. Fill in the blank. Don't let fear derail your assignment. Uh, if you've been trained to make decisions based on what is easiest, you have been trained wrongly. Just so you know. That doesn't mean everything's hard. I'll move on now. Maybe. Yeah, some of the best things in life come after, after when we face the difficulties. When you, right, when you don't eat, it's hard not to eat all the Christmas pie, isn't it? you're better off not eating all the Christmas pie. But it's so hard. Parenting is hard. If you do the hard stuff in parenting, then you get the joy in the future of having some kids that can function. Yay! Some of you are like, what? Is that possible? Yeah, but you got to do some of the hard stuff of parenting. Okay, really, we'll move on to point number two. All right, Joseph succeeded in his assignment by seeing the bigger picture. I've almost kind of started to touch on that, seeing the bigger picture. I'll get back to the text, but I remember 10 years ago when I took my son on a purity weekend. So I did a real similar thing to what my friend just did uh, not too long ago. Why did I, it wasn't, it wasn't super fun for me because we were going to have to do the sex talk and the, the, you know, all those challenging talks and the hormone talk and the, so why did I, why did I face my, why did I do it even though it was difficult? Because my wife made me. <laughs> I just said that to make sure you're awake. No, why did I do that? You know why I did that? It wasn't because it was going to be super enjoyable, although we did have a good time. Here's the big reason I took my son Isaac away for a weekend and had all those, those conversations. I did that in hopes that his future wouldn't be messed up by an unplanned pregnancy with a girl that he wasn't married to. I had the difficult, hard assignment with my son because I wanted him to be a man in hopes that he will be a man that's free from an addiction to pornography. That's why I had the, the conversation when he's young, a young man. I, I do that in hopes that I'll have a son who will learn how to control his urges and not be driven by them. I have the hard weekend uh, in hopes that he'll have a great wedding night someday with a special woman and they've not had sex 150 times before they meet that evening. 
I did that for my son so that he might be more easily stay married for like 50 years. That's why I do the hard thing that did the hard thing 10 years ago. I did that 10 years ago in hopes that he wouldn't have the baggage of going into a marriage with 26 past sexual encounters, which makes it way harder to navigate your life than if you've only been intimate with one person. That's why you go through the difficult things. It's in hopes of them seeing, having a good, better future. Here's the fill in the blank. A hard assignment is often connected to a preferred future. That's why we take on the hard assignments. The hard assignment is often connected to a preferred future. Back to our text. It is no mistake that the angel's message to Joseph includes this. She'll, she'll give birth to a son. You're to give him the name Jesus because here's the preferred future. He will save his people from their sins. I don't know if Joseph got that perfectly, but I wonder if that would have been the thing where Joseph would have said, I am in. Are you talking about this baby that you're asking me to serve by being the stepfather? You're asking me to be part of the story where this baby is going to save the world from sin? I don't care how hard it is. I wonder if Joseph said, okay, I'll take it on for that. It's because of this opportunity, even though it's difficult, to be part of the people that are changing the world and making a difference. And I don't want to be overly dramatic, but many of our difficult assignments are connected to huge things and impact our future, other people's future. Parenting, taking on the difficult challenge of being a responsible parent, that's going to form the life, the functionality of that child. Working hard today. This sounds hard, but that's going to set the stage for your financial future tomorrow. Our spiritual maturity today, which is difficult. Praying is hard. Reading the Bible is hard. Caring about other people is hard. All this, right, a lot of those things are difficult. But that is connected to making a difference in other people's lives. So, final thought, fill in the blank. Am I willing to tackle something hard to change the world? And I'm just going to answer the question for all of us. Yes. Uh, <laughs> how about we be that person? By the way, whether you're 70 or 13, listen, 13-year-olds, this is for you. God needs some 13-year-olds who are willing to do the challenging thing over the easy thing. Right. 
24 years old, you guys, 24, man, this just applies to your life. Don't wait till you're, you know, 42 to start becoming mature and doing the right thing and even in the hard thing. Because, you know, we, like if you're young, you know, because 42 is about dead when you're 42. <laughs> Don't wait till you're 42. I remember what it was like when you're 18 and you'd met, you'd meet somebody and they were like, yeah, I'm 34. And you're like, wow, do you need help sitting down, 34-year-old? The idea is to just take on the difficult assignments from God. He'll use you to change other people's lives. It'll be the best for us as well. Why don't you stand? We're going to move into a time of prayer. Thanks for listening to the Vineyard Church Weekly Message Podcast. We pray you were impacted by this message. God bless and see you next time.